Hi everyone, Brother George here again at Bible Made Easy Podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you want to achieve great things, if you want to make a mark in this world, if you want to leave a lasting legacy behind at the end of your life, you can't just let life pass you by. You can't just stumble through life with no blueprint for success. Anything great that was ever achieved was done with a vision and a plan to carry it out. And the early days of the year is a great time to think about, pray about, and put such plans into action. It's a great time to think big for God. As Jesus said in Matthew 9, 38 and 39, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There's always a shortage of people willing to step into the arena and do their bit to fill the massive needs of his work on earth. You might feel unqualified, inexperienced or incapable, but God is in no way constrained by human limitations. In fact, he's an absolute specialist in taking the weakest and most unlikely people and using them to perform tremendous exploits. Speaking to the early Christians in 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29, the Apostle Paul made this very clear. He said, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen. This means that God is able to greatly use nobodies like you and me to do big things for him. And the Bible is littered with examples of God plucking willing unknowns from obscurity, thrusting them into the spotlight, and empowering them to perform mighty exploits. The patriarch Abraham was a nobody Chaldean, that's from modern-day southern Iraq, to whom God said, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Well, Abraham believed and obeyed and became the forefather of the billions of adherents to the Abrahamic faiths, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Moses was raised in the household of Pharaoh, the ruler of the mighty Egyptian empire. But having killed an Egyptian slave master in a fit of rage at injustice, He had to flee for his life and spend 40 years in exile and obscurity before God called him to return to Egypt for an epic showdown with Pharaoh in order to deliver millions of Hebrews from slavery. By the time God called him, he was completely devoid of self-confidence. He made all kinds of excuses. I'm not a good speaker. The Israelites won't listen to me. Pharaoh won't listen to me. You should get someone else. And God had to do all kinds of miracles right in front of his eyes to convince him to go. Eventually he did. And God worked through him to pull off the monumental task of delivering his people, organizing the nation, receiving and documenting the laws of God, 
and leading his people on an arduous 40-year trek through the wilderness to the brink of the promised land. Rahab was a prostitute who God used to house two Israeli spies sent on a mission to scout out the promised land for conquest. She risked her life to provide cover for the spies because she had faith that God was on their side. He was, and with her assistance their surveillance mission was a success in helping the Israelites conquer the land. That's all she did, but it was a pivotal moment in history and she's known for it still today. David was just a teenage shepherd who nobody had ever heard of who slayed the giant Goliath who along with the armies of the Philistines had threatened to put an end to the nation of Israel and thus frustrate God's plan to send the Messiah through them. David went on to be Israel's greatest king and the composer of many of the wonderful psalms found in the Old Testament. And how about the mighty prophet Isaiah? who saw far into the distant future and wrote down some of the most accurate and inspirational prophecies regarding the coming Messiah and his future reign found in the entire Old Testament. When the Lord appeared to him to call him to prophesy, he felt so unworthy, so wretched, that he cried out, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. But God would not be denied. He immediately sent an angel to cleanse Isaiah from his sins and weaknesses and then challenged him. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah, seeing he had been called, cleansed and outfitted for the task, replied, Here I am, send me. The first apostles and early disciples were also mostly a band of nobodies who Jesus called to follow him. The majority of them didn't come from the elite educational institutions of the day or from among the upper-class political or business circles. Among them were fishermen, hated tax collectors, tent makers, prostitutes and other nobodies. In fact, when the elites heard them preach, the Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. The difference between these Bible heroes remaining anonymous forever, or going on to change the course of history, was not that they were so gifted or great in themselves. It was that they had a connection with God, a desire to fulfill His will for their lives, and they dedicated themselves wholly to the vision God gave them, and allowed him to empower them to fulfill their destinies. That's all that's required. A willing heart that God can use, regardless of a lack of qualifications. You know, billions of people are content to sit on the sidelines and spend hours, days and years of their lives watching TV or browsing social media, watching others do interesting or amazing things, but never venturing out and getting into the action themselves. Back in 1931, Nicholas Murray Butler, who was the president of Columbia University in New York, delivered a speech to a group of students. He said, The vast population of this earth may readily be divided into three groups. 
There are the few who make things happen, the many more who watch things happen, and the overwhelming majority who have no notion of what happens. Don't be part of the last two groups. God has a job for you, and you can carry it out. Here's how. 1. Get connected with God. If you're not already a Christian, then get connected today. Receive Jesus as your Savior and see how He can use you to make a positive difference in the world. 2. Seek His will for your life. Find out what God wants you to do, look at the needs around you, and meet them. It doesn't have to be earth-shaking, it can be just whatever He puts right in front of you. 3. Yield your life to Him. Put Him first before other pursuits. 4. Recognize your strengths and use them. 5. Minimize your weaknesses and distractions. 6. Expand your vision. Think bigger than you used to. Make ambitious but realistic plans. And 7. Don't be afraid to take risks. Better to try and fail than not to try at all. And remember Ephesians 3.20 which tells us that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. I hope this motivates and encourages you to think big for God right now at the beginning of the new year. May he bless all that you endeavor to do for him and keep you all in his care. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit the subscribe and like buttons right now before you go off to do something else. Thanks. See you all next time. Bye.